You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, classicautomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com during the live broadcast times of 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Now, on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning, everyone. Oh, there I am. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> A little technical snafu. Ethan, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> you know, 300 barn finds. You notice we moved the barn find truck room around a little bit uh, over here that um, we've, we're trying to gain space. We've consigned 955 cars this year mm. so far. And so. the year's not over. And the year's not over. You're correct. We have two and a half more days of November. And business days were closed on Sunday, and then we have uh, the whole month of December. So we'll hit over a thousand cars consigned for the year, which is ridiculous, and we should just stop. But <laughs> we're not because <laughs> we love cars, and there's always cool things to see that uh, people are bringing in, and we get to see. And uh, it's like Christmas every day here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, one of those things that most people. Um, when you have a business, you you kind of know what's going to be next and know what's going to happen the next day, and we don't. We talk to people all the time that are, um, you know, consigners or potential consigners, and we tell them, look, bring your car whenever you're ready to bring your car. And some days they just randomly show up. So the guys will call me from the to back in my office, and they'll say, hey, guess what's here today? Or, you know, a new 67 Corvette Roadster or a, a new Hummer or whatever it happens to be. So mm-hmm. it's every day is like that. And, uh you know, we don't charge admission for people to come in and see any of the cars as well. So, you know, you get to see almost a th- over a thousand cars for no charge. And, you know, arguably, I mean, we are a for sale used car lot, if you will. So, you know, we don't, you don't pay to go down to the, you know, the motors place down on the corner and go see cars and you don't pay here. Uh, but we do have some requirements if you come here. So, uh, one of the things, we there's not an admission fee, but we do ask you for your name and your email address. Now, once a month, we send a newsletter in the middle of the month, and it's a, talking about new inventory. It's talking about things that are going on here, car shows, upcoming events that we're doing here or off-premise. And uh, so we send that once a month. So we ask, that's all we ask you for. That's your admission price. And to follow a few rules in here, um, don't touch the vehicles unless you've got somebody with you. We have plenty of staff members who are here who can help you show you a vehicle, open the hood, open the trunk, answer any additional questions for you. Uh, And, you know, one of the things we have to be – we love having families here, but, you know, please watch your children when they're running around because you think, well, this is a big wide-open space and there's lots of room here and they can, you know, gallop around as they do. But the problem is is that there's a lot of heavy machinery and equipment being moved. Uh, There's oil spots maybe on the ground that weren't – uh, taken care of right away, uh, it can be a you know it can be a, a, a treacherous environment, and so we want to make sure that uh, when you are here with your children, uh, that you keep an eye on them, that uh, they don't run away, they don't touch the cars, and and that kind of thing. I mean, it's a you know, and it's also out of respect because you know a lot of these cars don't belong to us. So you know, we've got 350 barn finds that you couldn't hurt if you tried. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but these wonderful cars that we have in our front showroom and other showrooms that we have in here are you know high dollar expensive paint jobs that kind of thing so we we ask that you be cautious and careful with these cars and and again if you if you see a car that you like if you've got something you're interested in you've seen it online you come here and you want to see it closer in person um, then absolutely you know we we're more than happy to show you the car and tell you everything about it and uh, take it to the next level if you will um, and you know that's that's how, in a nutshell that's what we do so um, some of the new inventory we've gotten in this week Steve we got a great 37 Chevy pickup truck in and those you don't see very often not, not much know? no and uh, you know this one is um, I would say it's probably a good number two um, it's uh, like a dark navy blue mm-hmm. and uh, just a beautiful beautiful truck and and you see lots of Fords from that era but the Chevys are you know quite rare in in, in some instances and uh, and you know not always uh, people didn't think to to uh, restore those back in the day we got they were used they were used well most trucks were yeah. I mean one of the unique features of our truck room that is sitting kind of behind our studio mm-hmm. here is that most trucks were work trucks they weren't you know, cowboy Cadillac pickups like you know my <laughs> my GMC that I drive around. Right. It's never been off road. I don't even know if it's been in four wheel drive yet. <laughs> so, but um, but these trucks that that from the twenties and the thirties and the forties. I mean, they were work trucks. They were used. They were used until they couldn't be used anymore. And to have as many of them as we have in that preserved barn find condition uh, is pretty amazing. And but we did get one in uh, uh, last week that was uh, pretty amazing. It's a restored truck, a 1953 Willys pickup truck. We've talked about the proper way to say Willys, Willis mm-hmm. Willys. And uh, this thing is in screaming yellow, <laughs> so you cannot miss it. Old choice, old choice, and uh, you know one of those things that. You know, I love the fact that that creative license that people can take when they when they build these these trucks. I, I'm sure that screaming yellow wasn't a truck color in 1953. <laughs> not an option. I would not imagine that that was an option back then. But uh, certainly, it looks great on the truck now, and it makes it distinct and unique. But we also got in, which is in traditional colors, a 1957 Oldsmobile 88 convertible, Super 88 convertible. And it has got the 371 V8 with a four-barrel and a hydromatic automatic transmission. And this thing was, oh, the guy bought it, I think, in 1961 and drove it until 1968 Hmm. and started the restoration in the 90s. And uh, it's black and white. And it is just absolutely stunning. It is. You know, it's one of those cars that when you look at it, you just think, my goodness. And it's Onyx Black and Alcon, A-L-C-A-N, white. And uh, then it's got black, white, and silver uh, interior. And it's just a stunning car. I mean, those 50s cars that, that, that were done, they were airplane-inspired. So they looked like you know, they had tail fins, they had noses that looked like an airplane. I mean, they were just really, really cars. And Super 88, you know. This would look good in your living room, actually. Yeah. This car is so pretty. If you, if you, if you had, had the a, room. And a, uh, a, a wife that would uh, put up with something <laughs> like that. I, I'll never forget, I, was, I had my bachelor apartment before I got married, and I had a Mercedes-Benz steering wheel on the wall. <laughs> And when my my uh, soon-to-be wife and I moved in together, she says the Mercedes wheel is going. Yeah. It's not going up on the wall. And I thought it was really cool to have yeah. a Mercedes-Benz steering wheel mm-hmm. on your wall. But 
apparently she didn't get it. So uh, uh, needless to say, that didn't last very long. So that was not my current wife. So just so we're and, clear. And on the steering wheel's back on the wall? <laughs> no, oh. of course not. <laughs> Absolutely not. My son is going through the same problem. He's got a lot of memorabilia stuff that he loves, sports stuff. And he's engaged in getting married in May. And I told him, I said, all that stuff's coming down. You're, <laughs> you're not getting to keep any of that. And then, you know, no different than my dad, when, when I went off to school, to boarding school, he threw away all my car magazines. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I, I would like to have saved a lot of this right. stuff. But they say that everything's on the Internet now. But I, I digress. I don't think that everything is on the Internet. I think that there's a lot of things that you can still learn by going to reading some of them books and going to a library and, and doing research and looking at we were at Barnes and Noble yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. they still have a lot of books there, by the way. <laughs> no, they do. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, you, I say that in half in jest, but I mean, you know, but there's books like uh, the the Shelby American Club books that uh, have all the listings, all the serial numbers of the Shelbys, and those aren't readily available online. And then you have some price guides that aren't readily available, and you also have some decoding books that decode, you know, what a trim tag is for a particular car, and those. You can sometimes find online, and some of it you can. But, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's not just easy to find. And just because you have Google doesn't mean that you're going to find mm-hmm. exactly what you're going to be looking for. But, anyway, uh, the other car that we got in that's one of my favorites this week is a 65 Comet Caliente Mercury. Mm-hmm. And it's red, black guts. It's just those are really iconic cars to me. And I, they weren't necessarily the most popular uh, of their era you know obviously somebody was looking at that they were probably also looking at what in 65 a mustang or right. uh, whatever other popular kind of car from that era but the mercury comet caliente plus it's just cool to say caliente <laughs> it's the it's the one word i know that sounds foreign that i can pronounce properly yep. unlike your last name right um and the, you know the cool thing about the the uh, comets were the stacked dual headlights that they had on that car that really just gave it a look to it and they've got a real swooping body and you know with that fastback esh uh, look and just a really cool car and and that one just came in uh, uh, last week as well and then we got a a wonderful 30 or 29 ford phantom woody wagon with the 420 or it's got a 427 <laughs> which this thing is like so much power you can't even imagine and uh, it's got a tci frame uh it's got the uh, 427 va with a turbo hydromatic 303 speed it's a uh, wooden body with steel fenders and it's just really a cool and iconic car gets a lot of attention lots of attention and you know to each his own on these hot rods you know not everybody is a fan of certain types of hot rods and that's that's the beauty of this business you know some guys like the uh willies uh coupes from the early 40s some guys like the 50s chevys uh some like the 29 30 31s and 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 mm-hmm. different models like that so i mean that's the cool thing about this hobby is is that there's not one right answer to anything. You know, what's the best hot rod? Well, it's what what in your mind is the best, or what you like, and not just because we say so, because that doesn't mean much necessarily. So, <laughs> but and then we got something in that the girls all questioned when they were entering it into the computer, and it's a 1967 Chevrolet Chevy Two. They go, well, that can't be right. That's some kind of slang. There's no such thing as a Chevy Two. I said, yes, there is. They, and it's funny because. 
to me or you, we've heard of these all along, but mm-hmm. even my wife, who's been around the business for a long time, that was the first time she'd heard that term. Right. Because mostly they would be called Novas, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, uh, and so that was surprising to her. She couldn't, she couldn't, she didn't realize that it wasn't some, one of our guys just being lazy and riding Chevy or Olds or, you know, we're sticklers for, you know, properly putting the the you know the the full word out there exactly you know and and a lot of people call it chevy or chevys or you know even chevrolet advertises chevy so if you go on uh you know on or hear their commercials on television uh they'll say chevy so it's an accepted slang term if you will so this car's in your main hall right now i walked in this morning it is spectacular and the the stance on this car is just perfect well you know and it stance you know is important as anything i think in color obviously yeah color is really really important and that, that sounds a little simplistic but it's it's true color is very very important so when we return after our break we're going to be talking to our buddy bruce shaw uh uh attorney uh based out of the philadelphia area and uh bruce has been handling a lot of collector car cases over over the years and been in a lot of different uh, businesses that are uh, you know associated with classic cars and is also a car nut i find him snooping around here most saturdays so uh, when we return we'll be talking to bruce shaw if you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely or you may have firearms you no longer want this message is for you i am a licensed ffl firearms dealer in the state of florida specializing in estate firearm purchases It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania, where it's not sunny and balmy today. <laughs> it's a little chilly. We came into the studio this morning, and I think there was icicles on the uh, microphones. And uh, I guess it's close to winter. It's not even really officially winter, but if you're in Pennsylvania, it's winter. Uh, we've got a good friend of ours from Pennsylvania here, from uh, uh, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, actually, Bruce Shaw, who's an attorney. Um, Bruce specializes in classic car cases, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and, and what that exactly means. And Bruce has been in the business for a long time as a collector and a hobbyist, and uh, we're just glad to have him on. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. We uh, to be here. Oh well, you just got back from something really cool. You were over in where were you in in uh, Chicago? Chicago, the Mackin Show. That's a uh, Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. And you took a car over there, right? I took our '67 Corvette 427, 435 that we finished 
restoring uh, about a month or two ago. Oh, and, that uh, close! Wow. We trailered it. <laughs> we trailered it out to uh, to the show, and we were able to uh, qualify for the uh, Triple Diamond Award. Which, which for, for those that don't know, is the, the kind of the top award uh, for that, right? Yes, it's um, one of the uh, highest and esteemed uh, awards that you can get for a Corvette. Right. Uh, it goes along with the NCRS Top Flight Awards and goes along with uh, the Bloomington Gold Awards. Yeah, three of the ones that, uh, those are the things that you want uh, stickers on your windshield when you have a Corvette, right? Those are the <laughs> ones that uh, that get people's attention, certainly. And, of course, and then also there's many other muscle cars and categories and classes over there as well. Now, you don't find out if you won yet for how long, for another couple of weeks? or No, you find out. Uh, they judge the car, and then usually within, a, obviously the car is still there at sure. the show. But... Uh, Usually, the last day of the show, they tell you whether or not you've won the award. But you kind of know um, just by the uh, uh, judges' conversations that they have with you as they're judging the car. Sure. It's not just one judge. Right. They swarm down on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no different than a, yeah, than a Concord Elegance. I mean, you see yeah. that uh, most guys know if they have a pretty good feeling if they yeah. won an award. Um, and, of course, you know, that's part of the hobby. I mean, it's not, you know, we're not splitting atoms here. We're just <laughs> talking. But it does create value, right? I mean, a car to have that award, doesn't that change the value of the car? Yes. Um, you feel, uh, feel much safer, first of all, buying a car that has the awards, as long as they haven't been counterfeited, which we'll get into it. But, exactly. But uh, um, the... Uh, the amount of scrutiny given the car to attain the award uh, is, uh, I should say, overbearing. Right. Probably nerve-wracking, too, and, right? Uh, yes, because you're dealing with human beings. So one person may say that uh, oh, the uh, your uh, white walls are a quarter inch too wide uh, or your uh, tire valve stem does not have the right cap on it. Oh, and uh, so uh, there are a lot of small, petty things that are uh, examined as a uh, whether or not you get points for sure. it or not. Well, your turn signals have to work, your headlights have to work, right? Brake lights. I mean, all the, the normal things have to work as well, too, right? It's, right. Uh, it has to be a working, but operating car. Case in point, um, the uh, PCV valve, and everybody who is, uh, I guess, 50 years and older will know what a PCV <laughs> valve is. That's true. I didn't think about uh, that. But... Uh, 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 Something so simple like that, uh, you think nothing of it, but in the Corvette world <laughs> and right. in the uh, uh, collector car world, just something like that has to be like the original. And granted, they still make them, but they're not the same as the original. They don't look exactly the same. Sure. And um, that is why the PCV valve one. My car is worth about a thousand dollars. Jeez, if you can find it, right? 
if if you could find one, I found one that was a thousand dollars. But that was a painful check to write. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes. goodness, that's crazy. But, but but it's part of it. I mean, it's if you part of it, you, 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 nobody nobody yeah. you know nobody twists your arm to go have yeah. your car judged. You you do it because yeah. you want to see how far you've gotten right. with this. Don't do it unless you have a uh, bottle of Excedrin with you. <laughs> There's a, you know, it's it's funny that uh, these. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if they were on the big blocks or maybe one of the years of the Corvettes, and maybe all of them, where there was overspray on the uh, water in the intake uh, right. for the water intake into yes. the top of the engine, and if you didn't have overspray on it, you got a deduction, right? Which was actually not. It was just a factory thing that the way they painted those, they just happened to overspray on a little bit of it, right? And uh, uh, another uh, interesting. Uh, item is that the cars, uh, when they were painted, uh, they really uh, slacked off on the paint uh, underneath the doors, in the door jams, uh, below the front bumpers and rear bumpers. So if your car is shiny bright, you'll lose points <laughs> oh, man. because... Uh, that's not the way they came from the factory. Sure, and and what the goal is, we're, we're for those of you who don't understand, is to get the car back to as a factory original as possible. Yeah. Right. As, as it left the factory, as it left the factory, no better, no worse. Right. So, and that's a tricky thing to to know. I mean, it requires. It's not easy to underpaint something when you're a professional painter. So if you've got a guy who's per- painting your 67 427 Corvette, you're not going to go down to the local you know, garage and have them slap a coat of paint on it. You're going to take it to a professional. And they have to understand, A, that part of it, and B, how does a guy like that not do his best? You know, How does he make it imperfect underneath? Well, it's, uh, it's definitely a uh, trick of the trade. Sure. And that's why you always want to go to a, a, a restoration shop if you're going to take your car there. You want to make sure that they've uh, uh, had some of their cars in shows or that they uh, you talk to them and they can talk your language. Sure. They know what you're talking about. And they know the right – yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that uh, – you know, there's no guarantees on shows. We've learned that uh, on on lots of different things that we, you and I, have had discussions over. Is that you can't guarantee that your car will win anything. You know, you can spend you know a hundred thousand dollars on something, and that doesn't mean anything. It means, you know, the the it is a personal opinion thing at these shows as yeah. well, too, right? I mean, judges do have it's personalities. Personal opinion, and uh, sometimes they may look at something different than the way the last judge saw it at sure. the last show. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all human beings. And how many, you know, like you said, they have a swarm of judges. There's 20 or 30, however many people, and they're all looking at the same car, and they're all coming up with different answers. So. Right. They have judging teams, and the team, maybe one team will just do the interior. One uh, team will just do the engine compartment. Wow. Um, and... Uh, it, it just goes on and on like that. Well, and as these cars become more valuable, um, there is more opportunity for counterfeiting. Now, I know that that's what you've specialized in. For how many years now have you been specializing in collector car fraud, if you will? Uh, since uh, year 2000. Oh, wow. So prior to that, you had some high-performance uh, part stores and right. shops and a body shop. And we, had, <laughs> we had a chain of uh, speed shops. 
uh, on the East Coast here called right. Shaw's Speed Shop. Right. And um, uh, we also had a uh, uh, a uh, large body shop called Craftmaster Auto Body where we did a lot of flame painting and uh, uh, scalloping and right. Frenched in headlights and things like that. Yeah, a lot of people don't and, know what any of that means either. So, so oh. you know, some of these <laughs> kids today, these kids yeah. today, they don't know nothing. So, what what made you go from doing that to being an attorney? Did it, was it a, an epiphany? What happened? Did you, did you get tired of the business? Or? A mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally uh, got a law degree. No, Doggone it! Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw back in the early '80s, actually the late '70s. Things were changing. Right. Um, as far as uh, the automobile uh, parts was going, um, unleaded gas, catalytic converters, uh, exotic ignition systems, uh, very hard, hard to diagnose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw a real change. And at that time, I sold off the speed shops. And uh, uh, did a couple things in the interim and uh, decided that uh, I was going to uh, take a shot at becoming a lawyer. Wow. And so you, were, you weren't, you know, right out of high school going to law school. You were now, well-established was, uh, in business. That was torture. <laughs> torture. I graduated high school in 1960. Right. And I started my first day of college 1990. Oh my goodness gracious! And uh, at the time, uh, of course, I was so much older than <laughs> a lot of the students, right. and I was so much more ignorant. I couldn't <laughs> add two fractions together, and uh, uh, so it it took a lot of willpower. Sure, staying away from the TV and drinking beer. And, <laughs> right, uh, uh, but. Uh, I persevered and uh, got the law degree mm-hmm. in, um, uh, uh, in 2000. Right. And then I started getting a lot of people calling me because they knew us from the auto parts stores, right. from the speed shops. They're calling us about, hey, I got this problem. You know, I don't think my car is real and that's not. And it just uh, developed into now we're probably 75% of our. Uh, dealings, legal dealings in our office are the deal with collector car fraud. Sure, sure. And mostly what you all deal, are dealing with is a lot of, I don't, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming this, but a lot of muscle cars that, you know, were, have restamped engines and restamped VINs and different things like that. Is that the bulk of your business is muscle cars? Pretty much <coughs> the uh, counterfeiting of parts. Uh, is so uh, widespread now with the 3D printers, sure. uh, with the copiers uh, that can uh, reproduce uh, build sheets and bills of sale and things like that. The uh, tools are available, the stampings and the stamps themselves that you can uh, now get that... Uh, Try and uh, uh, try and, and uh, copy the like the GM VIN numbers right. or the Ford trim plates. 
um, they are so uh, advanced from when I first started sure. back in 2000. Uh, and uh, because the cars are worth a lot more now well, sure. than they used to be. <clears throat> a high-dollar Camaro could be worth three or $400,000, yes, right? Yes. Or Corvettes, even more. Yes, Corvettes uh, can go uh, crazy. Camaros, uh, your Hemi cars, yeah. your Mopars, and your Ford uh, race cars. And uh, uh, all these cars, the, the incentive is there. To, to counterfeit uh, and to try and clone these cars. And as some are done innocently uh, for just, just a second. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what happens is a person innocently uh, wants to make his Camaro look like a super sport Camaro mm-hmm. or a rally sport Camaro, and he changes things. And he does such a beautiful job, keeps the car, drives the car, um, then has a heart attack, dies. His wife goes to sell the car, and uh, she doesn't know, and she doesn't remember what he had said, and he's mm-hmm. dead. Right. And uh, then the car goes on to the next person as a real car. Uh, and then it perpetuates from there. It right. perpetuates. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it starts out as somebody sells it. This is a clone car. This is not real. We're not selling this car as real. Everybody shakes hands, goes away. Three owners down. It's yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. this is an authentic <laughs> right. uh, car that we found. Sure, coming out of the woodwork, and uh, uh, the car is uh, real and for sale. Yeah, that happens all the time. So when we return, uh, we'll continue with our guest Bruce Shaw, uh, attorney here in uh, the Philadelphia area, who actually is uh, probably nationwide and worldwide nowadays. And when we get back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, some of these muscle cars and different things that he's seen over the years. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. I don't know why I call it downtown. Is there? We're not even in a downtown. We're in the suburbs. And right across the street from a casino, by the way. Right over there. It's over there, yeah. So December the 22nd, the casino opens across the corner. So uh, that ought to be interesting. At least we'll have some new food choices, too. We have th- They have three restaurants in there, so that'll be nice. Because, unfortunately, in a town of 800, the food choices are a little bit limited. Although they've been teasing us with a Boston market up on the corner up here. But, you know, the sign's been up for like six months. So I'm starting to get a little skeptical of that. But, you know, that's just my nature to be skeptical in a small town deal. 
Anyway, we're with our buddy Bruce Shaw here, who uh, we get to see pretty regularly out here, uh, who comes out and checks out the cars at our place. And uh, Bruce is an attorney who handles a lot of collector car fraud cases and uh, has got good advice and sage advice that uh, you want to uh, uh, listen to. I, I, I was, we were talking, Bruce, about a lot of muscle cars. I, I got to venture to guess that there are a lot of prominent collections that have fake cars in them and they don't know it. Is that fair to say? Yes. Um, a lot of times uh, uh, people just don't uh, get the right documentation or assurance before they buy a car. Um, especially if it's a car, the older collector sees a car that he had when he was a kid and just has to have it. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, has a little bit more money and uh, uh, to spend on uh, uh, these type of cars and they jump into the mix and it's the typical where they buy something and then they go, I bought this car, how'd I do? Um, <laughs> no, you hate to be the grim reaper sometimes, well, right? <laughs> sometimes uh, they spend a lot of money getting these cars uh, restored because they don't know that they're, uh, because they really haven't had them checked out sure, sure. Uh, by the right people. And uh, they wind up spending a lot of money in a restoration shop. The restoration shop doesn't pick it up, and uh, uh, they get a car done with uh, easy. Um, I don't think there's a restoration under a hundred thousand dollars of any type anymore. Yes, right? uh, and they spend all this money, take it to the first show, and they get bounced out. Oh gosh, you know that's got to be a gut punch like nobody's business. And you know, uh, you brought up a point in the fact that you know there's a lot of these cars that are out there that are not. They weren't fraudulent. I mean, they are fraudulent if you're selling them, but they weren't uh, ill intent. They were they they were told something. I mean, we ask guys all the time. Guys say, "Well, my car's matching numbers. Well, how do you know?" Well, the guy I bought it from told me. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> and he's going to guarantee that, right? I mean, you have to be careful. And 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 I know that you and I have had discussions about the fact that there are. There are there's terminology that you have to be careful of. You know, you have to be care, careful of believed to be correct and thought to be original. And and sometimes, I mean, for us in the consignment business, sometimes that's all we have to go on. So the guy says, and you know, a lot of times we'll say consigner states something that we can't necessarily prove or disprove. You know. Yes, um, we get a lot of complaints uh, about uh, they bought a car at auction. And uh, the uh, uh, the placard said it was all matching numbers, and uh, uh, then we find find out later on, uh, fifty thousand dollars later, that it's not right. And um, unfairly, the uh, auction companies are uh, blamed sometimes for this. Well, yeah, that's where we bought it. You have to realize that the auction companies don't own these cars. Right. They've never seen these cars mm-hmm. before. They come in uh, to be auctioned off, and uh, they are given, uh, the seller is given an intake sheet mm-hmm. where he is to describe the car to the best of his ability, and that's the information that the auction company uses. They don't 
use their own information. They use information that was given to them by the seller, right. and the seller is the one that's liable, not the auction company. Right. And the problem that you run into, especially with the auction houses, is they get the car in on Wednesday and it's gone by Sunday. Yes. The, the, the thing, the advantage that we have as a classic car consignment house is that we can do a little bit more research and we can question our sellers, and we do sometimes. We say, look... We're not able to prove this. So you're saying that this is matching numbers or this is the correct this or the correct rear end or the correct transmission, but we're not able to justify that. And it it may not be that we're correct or we're right and they're wrong or they're right and we're wrong. It's the fact that there's no way to really prove it. And, you know, especially if the numbers have been, if something's been restored and numbers ground off for whatever reason and decked or whatever you want to call it. Then all of a sudden, you know, then you're, that's the problem. It's the perpetuation of it. And if we sell it as non matching numbers, and like you said, the next person that gets it may say, oh, this is full of matching numbers. And then somebody finds out that it came from an auction house or from Classic Auto Mall. All of a sudden, they're like, well, why, why didn't you guys find it? Well, we didn't sell it that way. Yeah. Um, it is a uh, inherent problem. Um, the great thing about the auto mall is that you can come in here and uh, uh, kick the tires. You're sure. not allowed to kick the tires, <laughs> but but you kick the tires. Yeah. You look at the car. You you can spend uh, uh, ten minutes or an hour, whatever you want, to look at these cars. When these cars are at auction, probably the first time you see them is when they're at the auction. They are um, there's nobody to talk to. And uh, you can look at the car until the car goes off for auction, but you can't really talk to anybody. Um, it's a lot harder to get information um, and a lot better when you have a place like the auto right. mall where uh, there are people to help you if you have some questions. Well, it's, uh, um, you know, and then you're feeling the pressure at the auction because, I mean, you know, the car's going on the block, and if it's the one you think you want and the one that you've been dying to have, and you've got 90 seconds to make a decision. We encourage people. We, we tell people all the time, look, we will thoroughly check out the car, but we're going to miss stuff. There's stuff that we don't know. We don't know every single thing about every single car, but we encourage people, especially on these higher-dollar cars, Bring an expert. Bring even if it's just your buddy who knows more than you do. Bring somebody along who a can be objective, and b has more knowledge because it's easy not to be objective when you're looking at these cars because they're shiny and pretty and beautiful, and I, that's the one I always wanted, and I can't wait to have it. So. Um, the other thing that you and I had talked about was the fact that people buy cars online and never even pick up the phone and talk to the person they're buying the car from. That's crazy. Yeah, but it goes on more now than before. Um, and uh, they just uh, fall in love with the pictures. Uh, and they're always, uh, these cars are presented so great online. Uh, and they have 20 or 30 photos. And uh, uh, the only problem is that people don't realize that they're not going to photograph a bad part of the car. <laughs> right. Unless they're you're not, us. They're not going to photograph a crack in a frame. Especially if you're trying to be fraudulent. Because we do show that stuff. Yeah. And we get, we actually, we get consigners mad at us because he'll say the consigner, he, they, um, the, maybe he or she, uh, will yeah. say, oh, well, you can't show that. That rust hole in the bottom of the car, and I say I have to. I don't have a choice. If I know about it, I got to show it. You know, if I don't know yeah. about something, I can't see it and I can't, you know, understand it. But 
you know, but part of the problem, the biggest problem, and this is probably a huge problem for you, is that a lot of judges probably look at these guys and go, oh, the poor rich guy bought a car and, you know, oh, shame on him for not doing his due diligence. Do you get that? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, there some judges have no mercy. Uh, but we do uh, encourage people uh, when they're uh, looking at a car that uh, uh, they say, well, you know, I don't want to get an appraisal service. You know, I heard things that's not. And I says, well, then what club is around your way? You're looking at a 57 Thunderbird? There's a million T-Bird clubs. Yeah. Get a T-Bird club. And uh, just talk to somebody from who will come out and take a look at the car for you. And most of those guys will just do it because they love the yes. hobby and they don't yeah, want they you do. to get, you know, they don't want you to get taken advantage yeah. of. Because there's nothing worse. I mean, how many guys do we all know who bought their first collector car without asking any advice, and they get it home, and you go to them and they go, "What do you think of my new Chevelle?" And you go. Oh well, <laughs> it's got this wrong, this wrong, that wrong. It's got it's rusty under here. It's got bondo all under this. I mean, there's a gazillion things wrong with it, and the guy's just so let down. I mean, so disappointed, and what a bummer. Yeah, the uh, uh, also the terms of art, like you were just talking about numbers matching. We have numbers matching. We now have born with. <laughs> yeah, I and, like that. Uh, born with. Born with, and. Uh, we have Survivor. Right. Um, every, every car that's got one ounce of original paint on it is a Survivor <laughs> exactly. to these people. But that's it's, it's a play on words or terms of art. And they're made up words, which means yeah. that they can have many different meanings. Different, many different meanings, you know. And and even the condition, like a one is supposedly you know a trailer queen, and a five is a box of parts. Um, Part of the problem is is that, you know, my perception of a number two might be a number three to you or a number one to you. Because most guys will tell you, oh, I've got a number one car. No, you don't. <laughs> I can, you know, bring it to me. I'll find, I'll find out that it's – and there's not many number one cars out there in fairness. Most cars that you see out there on the market of any type are a number two condition or number yeah. three condition. So, But my perception of it and your perception of it might be different. My perception of Survivor – might be different than yours. In a court of law, if I say it's a survivor and you say it's one ounce of the original paint, how do you determine that? I mean, how does that wash? Well, most judges uh, don't know the difference between a Camaro from a Camel. <laughs> and so when you start talking about uh, numbers matching and uh, trim tags, VIN tags, they have no idea sure. what you're talking about. So that's why we use counterfeit, uh, because they understand those right. words. They understand it as the closest we can get to what the car is. Sure. Yes, it's not a counterfeit like a dollar bill. Right. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, and a lot of cars are innocently counterfeit. They're made into clones mm -hmm. that people uh, can't afford the real thing, and they, they have a... Uh, a car that they can make look like a, a real thing, um, but uh, uh, with the terms of art and all, it it uh, it's very easy to get deceived. Mm -hmm. And I, I like the one: the car is well sorted out. <laughs> well sorted, yes, I love that. that I mean, <laughs> yeah, 
sort it out? I mean, what are you playing cards or? Yeah, something? exactly. Well, and the other the other part of it is as well too is there's there's the element that if a car leaves any particular place, whether it's our place or an auction house or whatever, from that ride home, things can happen. So if you take a car and you put it in a six-car, we talked about this last week, you put it in a six-car enclosed trailer and you put a cover over it, and you, it's still bouncing down the road, and things <laughs> can happen to it. So from a, I guess it would be, it's one thing to prove a counterfeit. I guess it's tougher to prove condition because most of the cars are sold as is, where is, right? Yes. So, I mean, and if, and if it didn't do that when it left here, I mean, how many times have you parked your car in your garage? I say this a lot. And the next morning you go out and it won't start. Nothing happened, but something happened. You know, somehow it stopped working. We have that happen with cars. They'll leave here, and then all of a sudden they'll have developed a problem from here to there. And that's why we, you know, take a video of the car when it's leaving and running and <laughs> just to make sure that we weren't absolutely crazy. And uh, so that's got to be a tricky part of the uh, of, of what you do. It's, it's definitely tricky. And uh, uh, sometimes, like you say, you, uh, somebody buys a car. And the next day, um, it develops a rod knot right. or uh, something like that. How do you, it's I mean, just, just part it's of the it. nature of the beast. Yeah, unfortunately, I always tell people have a little extra money in your pocket when you buy these old cars because <laughs> there's going to be a problem. Bruce, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for getting Great up to be uh, here. on a Saturday morning after Thanksgiving. We're burning off a little of the turkey, so uh, that's a good thing. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more things classic cars, and uh, and we'll see you in a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live from the Classic Auto Mall studio. We just finished up with our buddy Bruce Shaw, who gave us some wonderful insight into the collector car world and uh, things to watch out for and things to be careful of. And that's important. You know, it's uh, it's important that people are educated and know what they're doing. And we try our best to educate people, but sometimes people don't want to be educated. They don't. Sometimes people just don't care. They don't want to know. And and we want to make sure that. Everything that we can tell you about the car that possibly that we can think of about the car, we want to tell you about. And if we know something to be true, then we say it. And if we know something that we're not sure of, if it's true, then we try not to say it. You know, there are too many ways to 
create bad karma in this world. It's like I tell you, when you go to Walmart and if you come out and you find you didn't pay for something, do you go back in? Heck yeah, you go back in. You don't need bad karma for a dollar ninety nine worth of soap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing with that. You don't have to agree with it, but but it's true. I mean, you know, why? Ugh, I I want to stay in this business. I want this business twenty years from now to be passed down to my kids who could care less and run it into the ground. No, <laughs> I want this business to survive. And, and it's a very, very difficult business. And I'm not asking for sympathy and I'm not asking for anything, but it's, it's a very difficult business to please all the people with used cars that you don't own. You know, our business model is fantastic in the fact that, you know, we've got $30 million worth of inventory here and we don't have to pay $30 million to have it here. So that's a huge plus. But, you know, there's stuff that we don't know about these cars. There's things that, uh, history of things that we, you know, we can get fooled as well, too. We try to do our best to not. Uh, but but in, at the end of the day, there are things that can happen. So um, we had a great meeting last week, by the way, with the Philly Auto Show. And I don't know if I told you this, but, uh, but we're moving up to the upper ballroom with the AACA and their display. And there's 30,000 square feet up there. And they're going to theme it classic cars and they're going to do a whole bunch of really cool things because they're having the philly auto show later in the year this year it's march 3rd through the 15th i think and so it's a, a later date than they normally have it in the end of january beginning of february and so they don't have all the space available nor do any of the manufacturers have enough vehicles as well too that's a whole nother yeah. issue that seems to be resolving itself somewhat i mean if you look at uh, d'ambrosia down in downingtown they They've got a full lot. Do they? Yeah. So, but a lot of them are empty. You know, we were driving past some places uh, the other day, and there was a lot of car lots that had two or three cars that normally would have thirty or forty cars. So. What's the place on the turnpike? It used to be Car Sense. It's called something. Else. Oh, it's Car Shop. Car Shop. I think. Shop. And yeah, they're half probably of, at least. And that at you the know, moment. that's the. What's going on in this time? Mm-hmm. What's happening in the world? And you know, there's so many things that the world can change. And you can't, there's nothing you can do. Like, I'll give you a great example of that. So in 2001, in Branson, Missouri, we were going to build a place called Motoropolis. Mm -hmm. Motoropolis was going to be a full-time auto show. So instead of just going to the local convention center for 10 days or 5 days or however long, 15 days or however long some of these shows are, this was going to be a full-time year-round auto show with a classic car segment, with a track in the back, uh, with an automotive-themed gift shop, um, with everything automotive. And this thing was going to be so cool. And we had so much excitement and so much involvement. We had Ford and General Motors and Chrysler were all interested, and 9-11 happened. Mm. And as I was saying, you know, things that are beyond your control. And this thing was going to be amazing. I mean, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. This was this was the first version of that. And then we were going to do one called Cars Made in America. And that had no excuse that it didn't work. We just couldn't figure out how to get funding for it. But mm-hmm. uh, but Motoropolis was going to be a really cool thing. And it was uh, it would have been a life changer. But I wouldn't be here today, so I don't know, you know, if that's good or bad. Everything or, happens for a reason. Not nine eleven, but everything else happens. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, but it's 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 interesting that 
a lot of people use 9-11 as an excuse. And sometimes you hear it to a fault with mm-hmm. people. They'll say, you know, well, I, I couldn't do this because of that or I couldn't do that. You know, people have a tendency to utilize, use things like that. And, and it truly did affect what we were doing. And, and a lot of people, and I'm not making light of it sure. by any stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people were, you know, damaged severely over that, not only just emotionally and, and physically, but also just financially and businesses and things that were in the works that, you know, same with the pandemic. I mean, March the 19th of, of last year, we thought we were done. Mm-hmm. End of the world. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to go work at uh, some fast food place and be the best fry guy in the world or whatever. Yeah. So, but uh, but anyway, uh, I digress from that. Um, we have a special segment that we do every week called Four on the Floor. And this past week, uh, we had, let's see, that was the... Oh, no, no, no. It was <laughs> this one, yeah. So from the 20th, uh, the four clues for Four on the Floor were shares its name with a beetle. Now, this is a car that is in our building specifically. So you have to get the year, make, and model of the exact car. It's not just a Camaro or a Corvette or whatever the the answer happens to be. It's a specific car. Right. So last week's was shares its, shares its name with a beetle. A funny dog puppet. I never did get that one. A V8 measured in CCs and secret agent. We didn't have anybody who got this one right, Steve. Is that so right? We really stumped them this mm. week. So, what was it? I don't have the lot number, but it's the tr- it's the Triumph Stag. Oh, the Stag. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Triumph the the uh, insult dog. Is that the name of that? <laughs> Triumph the insult dog. That's what that was. The ah, dog puppet. God. Maybe one of the funniest. Puppets in the history of puppetry. Uh, stag is a stag beetle. It's a big brown beetle. We have them here in Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, it was used in a James Bond movie. Right. I can't remember which one. What was the other clue? Uh, 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 V8 measured in CCs. CCs, right. Yeah. So it's a foreign car. Foreign car. You knew that. That was the only part that yeah. I got right away. Right. And it was stock number 3184, the 1971 Triumph Stag in uh, dark maroon. And uh, interesting cars. They're really, really, really interesting are. cars. And you're quite the uh, clue master. I'm yeah. Have it's to, fun. Uh, yeah. So, so now. Now, uh, this week's four on the floor, and and the way this works is this is our little trivia game. You have to pick the stock number, year, make, and model of the car. You can email us at podcast at classicautomall.com and give us your answer. If we get more than one, then we'll just draw one out of the hat. Mm -hmm. And if we only get one, then they're the winner, and they get a hat or a drawn out of the hat or a t-shirt uh, give, give us your size on the t-shirt that you want and uh, we'll we'll take care of it so we give you four clues then you email us podcast at classicautomall.com and give us what you think the answer is so the first clue today is a bird car second clue unlikely leader third clue first rolled in Maryland with horse and the fourth clue is roots and electrical wow these are not easy. And and I like them that, you know, so many trivia things you can just Google. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who, you know, what year was the War of 1812? <laughs> so you can just Google and it's 1812. So, uh, but these are tougher because they require a little bit more thinking. And you want to use that brain a little bit more. And it makes it interesting. And so the four clues again, a bird car, unlikely leader, first rolled in Maryland with horse, and Roots and Electrical. And next week, we'll uh, give the answer and uh, let you know who the winner was or mm-hmm. or wasn't. And uh, we'll go from there. So the cars sold this week. We had sort of a, a slower week this week because we were off on uh, – we closed half a day on Wednesday and we're closed on Thursday and Friday. And we're back here for half a day today till noon. 
and then close tomorrow. And gosh, we're close to <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of the year. Yeah, I tell you, it's uh, it's amazing. So so last week, the cars we sold to uh, one went to Lawrence Harbor, New Jersey, uh, Sicklerville, New Jersey. And close, here's another one, Gilbertsville, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, Weston, Connecticut, Queen, Pennsylvania. Any idea where that is? No. I mean, either. You know where, how you can find out, though? Google. Dr. Google. <laughs> Dr. Google. Mr. Google. Mr. Google. I'm telling you, if it's $50 a month, I'd be first in line. I'd pay it. <laughs> if i got to pay $50, I want Google. I'm, oh. uh, Orlando, Florida. Okay. Uh, Safford, Arizona. Almost your last name. Yeah, Two Fs. Safford, Arizona. So, yeah, no idea where these are. Hmm. Green Cove Springs, Florida. Lexington Park, Maryland, Hamburg, Pennsylvania. I was just up that way mm-hmm. uh, a few days ago. Cabela's. Uh, that's where I was. That's that is a massive store. That's all, that's all. It is. Kathy said, this is a big town, my wife. And I said, I think it's just Cabela's. It <laughs> like is. The whole city limit is this Cabela. That's the, like classic auto mall is Morgantown. <laughs> right. Ham- uh, Cabela's is, is Hamburg. Hamburg, you know, which was bought out by Johnny Morris, who we know from Branson. Okay, uh, who really? Who Bass Pro Shops, yeah. Oh, right. And there's some of them that they changed to Bass Pro and some of them that they didn't. Right. I don't know why anybody would even care why I'm rambling on well, about this. Uh, we also sold one to Johnston, Rhode Island. Las Vegas, Nevada. There you go. Yeah. Tupper Lake, New York, and Kaihe, Hawaii. No way. Yeah. First car we've sold to Hawaii. Is that right? Yeah. I imagine the shipping bill on that's crazy. Right. Well, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago we sold a car to Alaska. Or to Alaska, yeah. Shipping bill was just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, sh- I told you I shipped a car from Alaska. It was four grand. Yeah. <laughs> From Alaska to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, it's more now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, any, no upcoming shows that we have here on the books right now. I think of that uh, I can think of. I think our next show is going to be in March uh, or April. Of course, our next show that we attend uh, will be uh, the Philly Auto Show, which happens to coincide the same weekend of Amelia Island. So I don't know how I'm going to be both places at once because we'd like to do our podcast from the Philly Auto Show, and it runs two Saturdays. I think we should do the podcast from Amelia Island, yeah. frankly. What do you <laughs> Ethan, do you think that Ethan's nodding over there. Yeah, we need three tickets to Amelia Island. First class airfare, stay at the Ritz Carlton, uh, yeah. that kind of thing. You better book so, it now, though. Amelia, I, Amelia fills up. It does fill up. And we, my buddy and I, were down there last year, and it was great. We had a great time, and 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 it's good business for us. A lot of the East Coasters are in Amelia. A lot of guys from uh, Pennsylvania and, mm-hmm. and and this part of the world go down to Amelia Island. It's relaxing and wonderful and all great. Although I'm going to tell you something that everybody that ever goes to Amelia is going to wish I didn't tell you is that we were walking through the little trail that goes from where the concourse is to the uh, parking area and there was a little lady in a little walker and she was hobbling around th- through there and we walked up beside her and we kind of said excuse us and we walked around her and she goes better watch out and we said for what and she said for the snakes and we were like well, what do you mean for the snakes she goes yeah they'll just drop out of the tree and land on you <laughs> Well, I could have lived the rest of my life without, without that. And now I've told everybody else that's going to Amelia Island about this. So don't worry about the snakes. They don't really drop out of the <laughs> trees and land on your head and eat your face. <laughs> they probably do have tree snakes in, in Amelia Island. I, I mean, aren't all snakes tree snakes? <laughs> I'm not a big <laughs> snake fan, and, and I don't want to know more about snakes. Right. But anyway, uh, we didn't talk about our daily driven classics, but we were t- we've talked about that in the past and our past shows is that if you're looking for a car to drive – daily to work or to go to school or whatever you need. We do have some of those choices here. They're special interests. They're classics. They're collectibles. But they're also more daily driverish. An 89 Cadillac, a 2004 M3 BMW, mm-hmm. a 2005 Chrysler Crossfire. I mean, what a great, cool-looking car. And daily transportation. So it's uh, – and, and uh, we've got a 2003 RS6 Quattro Audi and uh, all kinds of really – 
daily driver-ish cars. Yeah. Future collectibles future or collectibles. future classics that are that are drivable. It's like Bruce says, all the terminology you right. come up with on recreation and you yeah. know, all the different things. It's 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 amazing all the terms that we've made up in this world, <laughs> in this auction, in this classic car world, mm-hmm. if you will. But uh, next week's guest is still to be determined, mm-hmm. and uh, the week after that's going to be Kendra Cook from the Boyertown Museum of Historic Automobiles. And uh, if we don't find anybody for next week, it'll just Steve and I and just jibber jabber and we'll shoot it like we do, and uh, we'll talk about all kinds of fun things, cars, and what everybody wants for Christmas. We'll do our Christmas wish list. I think that would be a good. That thing would be good next week. But uh, please join us next Saturday morning live, nine a.m. to ten, and we'll go from there. We appreciate you listening to our show. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.